0: And leave your rating and review. Today's our guest is Mark Willis from Lake Growth Services. Welcome back, Mark.
1: Thank you, Rama, for having me back on.
0: Sure, absolutely. And thank you very much. It will be about Mark. Mark Willis is a man on a mission to help you think differently about your money, your economy, and your future. After graduating with six figures of student loan debt and discovering a way to turn his debt into real wealth as he watched everybody lose their retirement savings and home equity in 2008, he knew that he needed to find a more predictable way to meet his financial objectives and those of his clients. Mark is a certified financial planner, a three-time best-selling author, the owner of Lake Growth Financial Services, a financial firm in Chicago, Illinois, and co-host of the New York Average Financial Podcast. Over the years, he has helped hundreds of his clients take back control of their financial future and build their business with proven tax-efficient financial solutions unknown to most financial gurus. He has become known as Not Your Average Financial Planners. So with that, Mark, you want to add anything to your background?
1: No, uh, this has been a journey for me over the last 11 years uh, since the Great Recession, and now we're in this new World that uh seems to be upside down where markets are tumbling, inflation is soaring, uh, and yet we have low unemployment. Uh these are very strange times indeed. Uh, and yet there are some time tested strategies. I've had the privilege of working with uh our clients all across this country to help ensure that they've got contractual and even guaranteed income for life and growth on their uh net worth every single day, every single year, uh, which helps folks sleep better at night and me too, by the way. Cool.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So how to grow wealthy by paying your taxes?
1: Yeah, taxes are a lifelong endeavor. Uh, You know, Benjamin Franklin is famous for saying there's nothing uh, but two things guaranteed in life, death and taxes. Uh, And they seem to want to involve themselves more and more in our estates and our death. Uh, So the government has a hand in your pocket, whether you realize it or not. In fact it's a strange and sad thing to say Rama but the government will very likely be the biggest beneficiary of your hard work and we can prove that with math uh, you will give more to your uh, friendly uncle uncle sam than you will your own children on a mathematical basis and if you're not careful you'll leave them a big tip on top of everything else so there are some ways to lower and reduce your taxes and many of your listeners know as uh, real estate is one of the best ways to lower your taxes it's also a great way to defer your taxes. It's also a great way to eliminate some, not all, but some of your taxes. Uh, but for the taxes that you still owe, property tax, uh, payroll tax, income tax, there are a number of strategies that have been useful for myself and many of our clients. Uh, and it, it really comes down to how do we pay the taxes that we still owe? Most people will save money and then pay the taxes. Very simple. Save, 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 spend. Save, 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 spend. And that's fine, but it's ultimately devastating to compound growth. Here's what I mean. Every time we spend our money to send it to Uncle Sam, we no longer have it working for us ever again. This means that we break compound growth every quarter when we send our estimates and every year on April 15th or whenever you pay your taxes. So this is devastating, not just because there's a volume of money leaving your pocket, But it's also the problem of opportunity cost. When you send money away, whether you're buying a coffee or sending six figures to the government in the form of taxes, not only are you losing that money, but you're losing all that that money might have compounded and grown to had you been able to hold on to it and leave it invested instead. So the true cost of your tax bill, let's say you pay 30 grand a year for all of your property taxes. Well, the true cost is hundreds of thousands of dollars when you multiply it out over the 30 years you might own your real estate, plus whatever that might have compounded and grown to had there not been a property tax. Do you see my point here? There's this opportunity cost problem that we all have to reckon with. And so your question was, how do we get wealthy while paying our taxes? Um, It's a difficult problem. You know, how do you continually compound money while you're spending it? Uh, Again, if you use typical banks, you're not going to be able to find a way to do this. What's been very interesting to me and many of our clients is we found strategies to collateralize assets in order to be able to continually compound that asset while we access money to pay for things like our tax bill. could be just as easy to use it for our, our cars, our vacations, and our real estate deals, But if you can use the concept of collateralization uh, using and I love using a dividend paying whole life insurance contract for this purpose, because whole life insurance, if it's properly structured or cash accumulation for building wealth, if you build up wealth inside the whole life insurance contract drama, you can borrow against it using the policy as collateral, borrow against it and the policy itself will continue to compound and grow as if there was no loan. To me, this helps us overcome the problem of opportunity cost—the problem where we break compound growth every time we spend money. But when we use policies and loans against the policies as collateral, uh, we can continually compound our wealth. Which is, to me, as a certified financial planner, the most important financial trick up your sleeve—you might say—is to be able to never break compound growth. And so, if we can do that, whether it's using whole life insurance or you know very few other things, allow us to do this where you get continuous uninterrupted compounding, and we use that whole life contract to pay our tax bill, boy, what an incredibly powerful swing you can make. You still want to try to reduce your taxes to as low as possible. Sure, a good CPA can help with that. But for the money you still have to give the government, state, federal, local, use a policy, design the bank on yourself way, specifically designed for this purpose, and you can borrow against the life insurance cash value send that money in, and continually get compound growth on your cash.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I really like that concept, like polarization using, you know, life insurance policy. So would you give any, uh, with some examples, like, you know, with some real-time examples?
1: Yeah, sure. Would you like some numbers? I can give you some numbers on this if you'd like. Yeah. All right. Let me uh, see if I can pull this up for you. This is a gentleman who had a very big tax problem. He had to pay a, roughly $90,000 a year, and he knew that money was going to have to leave his hands. And he was 45 years old when we sat down to talk. So at his age, and he was going to work another 25 years you know, earning an income, investing, and he had lowered his tax bill down, but it was still a $90,000 a year tax problem. So before I go on, I want to make sure everyone understands you don't have to have $90,000 tax bill to benefit from this. You might have a $9,000 a year tax bill. You might even get a tax refund. And this strategy might still work for you. So please pay less attention to the zeros and more attention to the concept as I go through this. So this gentleman had a $90,000 a year tax problem. He was 45 years old. He also told me that he could comfortably save about 50 grand a year for his retirement. So he was spending 90 on his taxes, saving 50. So the government was saving more than he was for their future rather than him. And, And he's taking all the risk, right, as the business owner. So that, that to me is already a devastating fact that the government's getting 90 and he can only keep 50. So what we decided to do was combine those two numbers, 90,000 and 50,000, and put that money into a properly structured bank on yourself designed whole life insurance policy. So 90 plus 50 is 140 grand. So every year he was going to save that money anyway. He was going to spend those taxes anyway. Now he puts it into a whole life policy. 140 grand a year goes into the policy. And right away, he's got more than $90,000 in cash value that he can borrow out and pay for his taxes, okay? He also, by the way, has a $3.3 million death benefit just because he set up the policy. Now, that's something he wouldn't have had had he just saved it, saved his fifty grand in a savings account or a 401k or something. And he wouldn't certainly have had any life insurance if he had just sent the ta- the taxes into the government. So far, is this all making sense? Any questions on anything so far?
0: So I'm good. You can carry. it.
1: Okay, so again, he's borrowing from his policy 90 grand a year to send to Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam is happy. He does not care, nor does Uncle Sam need to know that this person, Tommy Taxpayer, let's call him, uh, was using a life insurance policy to pay the taxes. All the government cares about is that they got their cash and they certainly did. So we're still paying the government what's needed and what's owed. What now has happened is he has a loan against his life insurance policy. Now, some people are concerned. Well, wait a minute, that's a $90,000 loan. What's going to happen next? Well, as it turns out, over the next 20 years, the only thing that happens next is he keeps doing that. He takes another 90 grand every year from his whole life insurance policy. And that loan balance is really accumulating quickly. In fact, over 20 years, he's now 45 years old to 65. Now the loan balance is $2.8 million. He hasn't paid a penny on that loan for 20 years. Let that sink in for a minute, Rama. What if you could go 20 years without paying your mortgages? You know, what could that allow you to do otherwise? And there's no requirement to pay that loan off. In fact, if he was to die and pass away in the year of uh, 20th year, again, he has a $2.8 million loan, but even so, he still has a $1.2 million cash value at age 65. He could turn that money into some very nice income in his retirement, couldn't he? $1.2 bucks, and he'd spent all that money on his taxes. Government's happy. But he still was able to save $1.2 million, even accounting for the loan. And if he died at age 65, the death benefit had grown from $3.3 million to $5.8 million, which could be given to the family or charity income tax-free. Now, that to me sounds like a pretty cool way to pay your taxes. Now, you have to manage the loan. You don't want it to exceed the cash value or the policy would lapse. But that has never happened in any of the clients uh, that I've worked with. Now, working with clients all across the country, um, but you do want to manage the policy and not forget to pay your premiums. So that's uh, that's the first option, let's say, the first scenario for our friend, uh, we'll call him Tommy. Uh, there is a second scenario, but before I move on, What feedback or comments? Again, this is just a creative way to pay your taxes.
0: Yeah, definitely interesting. And how to manage that policy and what kind of premiums they need to pay?
1: Well, as mentioned, the premium is an entire lump sum of 140,000 bucks a year. So this is categorically different than the old fashioned life insurance where we're trying to lower our premium, fight to get that low cost premium. We don't want to pay pennies into this kind of policy. We want to pay large amounts of money, giant sums of cash. The larger the policy, Uh, that you can comfortably afford, of course, the more cash value you have. It's sort of like uh, when you overfund your mortgage. If you overpay on your mortgage, you're instantly building up significant equity in your houses. But unlike a house, that equity in the whole life insurance policy does not require some bank to get the money out. This guy did not have to apply to get this loan out every year. There was no risk that he would be denied a loan, unlike, for example, a, a loan against a house or real estate there is a guarantee that you have access to the cash value in a whole life policy, either through withdrawing the money or through a policy loan. So each year he's throwing in large amounts of money, understanding that he can get the money back out again that year when it comes time to pay his tax bill.
0: Awesome, awesome. So it's that premiums are like monthly or yearly premiums?
1: Whatever he wants. In this case, he's paying annually. Okay, got
0: it. Yeah, Uh, let's move on to the next one.
1: All right, so the next scenario is You know, I told you that he went 20 years without paying off the loans at all. And I said, at the end of that game, he would have still a $1.2 million of cash value. Not too shabby, not too shabby, but he wanted more than that. And he knew that as a real estate investor, he would occasionally have windfalls. He was specifically a syndicator. So every five years or so, he was going to get a large lump sum from the finishing of a fund. So every five years, he needed to park some money somewhere. And he didn't know where else to put it. So I said, well, I'll tell you what, why not put that 500 grand or so that you're gonna get every five years and put it into this life insurance by paying off the policy loan. So wipe down that loan balance every five years and let's see what that looks like. So we ran those numbers. And again, for five years, he takes loans, 90 grand a year to pay his tax bill. And he's every five years now building up a large, very large loan balance. But uh, upon the fifth year, he then takes a loan of 500 grand roughly to wipe out all of the loan balance. So his loan balance comes back down again every five years. So far, so good? Any, anything yeah. not clear yeah. on this? good, good. All right. So by age 65, instead of a $1.2 million cash value and a $5.8 million death benefit, again, he's still putting the same amount of premium in, $140,000 a year, but now he's just wiping clean his loan balance every five years, okay? So instead of that one-point-two cash value, he now has $4.1 million, Rama, of tax-free access to cash value for his retirement, 4.1 million dollars, and his death benefit would be 8.6 million dollars. Now that's all fine and dandy. I mean that's that's a pretty phenomenal coupling to his real estate. Remember all he did was pay his taxes and save 50 grand a year for his retirement through the policy. That's pretty awesome to get 4.1 million in something that has no market risk and is guaranteed to grow for us each year. Now, as it happens, he has this 4.1 million His desire was to add to his retirement. So he's able, our calculations say that he's able to take about $226,000 a year passively out of his policy with no income tax due uh, for the rest of his life until age 90. So that means he's able to pull out $266,000 a year and not report that money on the IRS tax forms. That's pretty cool. And he still gets to leave a death benefit at age ninety should he pass away.
0: Got it. So from when he can draw that no 226 or 286 okay per year passive income.
1: Yep. That's over a quarter million dollars a year with no taxes due under the current law of taxes. Always, you know, check your check with your accountant. But for over a hundred years, income tax or life insurance distributions is not reported as income on your income tax return
0: okay so from like after 65 years only you can draw that one or before that
1: great question no this is liquid money he can use it he can retire at 65 or 45 or 75 whatever age he wishes it's his money got it cool yeah so paying your taxes is a neat way to use this tool but whole life insurance can be used for many things. Uh, we've just discussed one very specific strategy, yeah. but couldn't this help you with your real estate purchases? Why would I pay cash for my real estate if I could use my policy? In fact, that's what exactly what I do personally. When I buy real estate, I don't use cash. I don't use you know cash in my savings. I'll use a, a policy loan for the down payment on any prop, uh, property I want to purchase. I'll use my policies for syndication investments. Uh, I'll use my policies for repairs and maintenance. And my tax bill, and more, so you can use the policy for anything. there's no limit, you know it could be used for your kids' college, it could be used for that vacation to you know the other side of the world it's up It's up to you. The key is manage that policy well and make sure it was structurally designed properly from the beginning by a competent bank on yourself professional. I've seen too many people who thought they had one of these policies, Rama. Uh, and it turned out it was not properly structured. It was going to be a tax nightmare for them. It was riddled with commissions and fees and increasing in expenses every year. It's much like an elevator. You want to make sure that that was designed well before you get in and push any buttons.
0: Got it. So a couple of questions on that one. So how exactly we can use uh, this life insurance policies for apartment syndications?
1: Well, uh, are you a are you asking as a limited partner or as a syndicator or syndicator. both?
0: Both, I can
1: say both. Okay. Well, we've got clients who are both. So first I'll mention it in the way of a limited investor, limited partner investor. Okay. So let's say I'm in a, a limited partner, potential investor for one of your funds. Yeah. And you're showing me a great deal. And I decide, hey, you know what? I, I'd like to invest with Rama and his team. So I can either withdraw money out of my brokerage accounts or savings accounts or whatever, and I'll lose all the potential growth I might have earned on that money had I not invested with Rama. Sure, I'll get the 12% or 10% or whatever it is that you're offering, 8%, whatever. Um, But I won't have anything left other than what my investments with Rama and his team could do. Or I can borrow from one of my policies that's been properly designed and I've packed it full of cash. And I can access that policy cash value as a loan. And again, the policy itself might be doing a conservative return of, you know, somewhere middle single digits, you know, four or 5%, let's say. And as we borrow against that policy with very low, low market rates, maybe over a four year period, it might be one or 2% simple interest is is typically how they calculate that. So your APR might be one or 2%. But now I've got a compounding asset on the entire policy value. And I'm only charged a small interest on whatever I borrowed out. So I have an incredible arbitrage inside my policy alone that works in my advantage as a limited partner. So, you know, if you're offering, let's say, 10%, I can get another, you know, couple of hundred basis points in my policy with no additional market risk. Okay. Uh, And I can repay that policy loan whenever you're done with the investment whenever you refi or sell the deal or whatever it is that you do to exit. So that's how maybe a limited partner might deal with this policy and use this. On a syndicator side, well, you tell me, do you ever have a big operating expense for any of your syndications? Any big purchases, big expenses, renovations, you know, large capital expenses? Why would I pay cash for a renovation of an apartment complex? Why wouldn't i use my policy to do that and then whenever i sell my deal or refinance my deals or exit the deal where's all that money gonna live it has to live somewhere wouldn't it be cool if you had a parking space where it could grow tax-free and access the money tax-free with no limitations government restrictions red tape imagine how that would feel imagine how much more competitive you'd be as a syndicator if that was your method for doing your deals yeah
0: yeah definitely this advantage but like you know I want to see how exactly that works,
1: you know? Yeah, I mean, it's as simple as open a policy. Well, step one, sit down and talk with a competent professional who knows what they're doing. That's step one. (laughs) Uh, Second, if this strategy makes sense, open a policy and then fund it with any amounts that you and your professional coordinate, negotiate together and work out. Step three, borrow against the policy, put it to work in your deals. Step four, repay the loan with any windfalls you might receive. Step five, wash, rinse, repeat. Got it.
0: Got it. Good. Anything else we need to aware
1: of? Um, this has been done for hundreds of years in this country. This is not a newfangled experiment. It's it's well older than the 401k. So, you know, why do we think the 401k should be the primary means by which we save? If the 401k itself is only 41 years old. So that means it's not even old enough to retire yet if it was a person. Uh, I would much prefer something that was steady, guaranteed, liquid with tax advantages for all of my real estate. Real estate has risks. Sure, it has a lot of stability and it has a lot of benefits, but it does nothing's guaranteed in the real estate space. Why not couple a guaranteed asset, whole life insurance, has guaranteed written right into the contract for your money to grow every year. Couple that with a risk asset, whether it's stocks or real estate or whatever, your business. Now you've got the ability and the advantage of having a risk-free asset with a risk asset, and you can increase your yield in that regard, just looking at the efficient frontier uh, uh, in most financial planning circles. So yeah, the, the simple advantage here is it helps you with some predictability, liquidity, uh, but it's not a good fit for everybody. And again, like I've said, uh, you don't want to do this. If you want your policy to, to chase rate of return, you're going to be bored to tears. Yep. Uh, and it's not a good fit if you cannot save money. If you don't have the ability to put money away, you're going to be um, having trouble. But I just want to emphasize one last time: you don't have to have Tommy taxpayers big numbers for this to work. You could start with four thousand bucks a year. You could start with forty thousand bucks a year. You could start with two hundred and fifty bucks a month. Although the smaller the policy, the smaller your capable uses, right? Yeah. Um, but it's still still an advantage to you, even if you're just you know pack, packing away what you can.
0: Yeah, got it. So if if not done properly, what what kind of issues might You know, get faced.
1: Well, you know, I think I've mentioned that you could run into some heavy commissions to the agent who set it up for you. It could be structured in such a way that it grows much slower than you want it to. It could be tied to a very expensive index or uh, worse sub accounts in a variable product. Uh, It could have an increasing cost baked inside of it, which makes the policy collapse on itself from within. You could have some significant tax consequences if it's not designed properly uh, there's all number of nightmares that I've unfortunately had the unhappy pleasure of of uh, chatting with clients or individuals who brought to me their policy from another agent and it was not designed properly. So I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to work with a bank on yourself professional. It's the only credentialing process in the industry, in this particular field, that knows how to design the policies the correct way so that it doesn't hit any of those snags. Uh, and they know that I've I've tracked at least 29 different. Uh, elements and characteristics that these policies need to have for us to really properly call it a bank on yourself designed policy. We've only talked about a few of them on this very short show today. But if you want it properly designed without the uh, without the landmines that might come with other insurance products, work with a bank on yourself professional and you'll know it's done right the first time.
0: Got it. So how to find, you know, good, high quality, you know, Bank on Yourself Financial Planner?
1: Yeah, the best way you can do uh, do it is to just check it out at bankonyourself.com. That's uh, that's just where you can read more about it. Uh, you can go to the my website. I'm a Bank on Yourself professional myself and our team is as well. You can go to kickstartwithmark.com. Uh, if you'd like to sit down and have a 15-minute strategic introduction call, I can answer any questions you have, see if it's the right fit for you or not. If not, no harm, no foul. We don't charge a fee or anything. Uh, but if you'd like to speak with me or one of my team members, go to kickstartwithmark.com and we can show you a, if this strategy makes sense for you or not. Awesome. Awesome. Cool.
0: Yeah, that, that information definitely helps, you know. So finding, you know, good financial planner is definitely key aspects of, you know, uh, moving forward Is uh, moving forward with any, like, you know, life, life insurance policies. And let's move on to personal side. So any, any any of your personal habits that are helping you to be successful?
1: I, I think just uh, waking up before the sun if, as much as you can. Uh, it helps you make a plan for your day. Do it the night before, do it the morning of. But as long as you're ready before the sun is, you're going to win the day.
0: Cool. Any personal learning or personal decision that you took have major impact on your life?
1: I think anticipating consequences is the big one. You know, people typically... And myself too. Uh, I'll do things without anticipating what the outcome is going to be. You know, I'll eat that extra scoop of ice cream and forget that I'm trying to work on, you know, my health. So yeah, wisdom is the anticipation of consequences and try to apply that wisdom in all areas of your, of your life. Good.
0: So any, any books that impacted your life?
1: This one behind me here, uh, The Bank on Yourself Revolution by Pamela Yellen. Great book on this topic that we've been discussing today.
0: Awesome. And how can listeners can connect with you, Mark?
1: Best way is that website I mentioned earlier, kickstartwithmark.com. Imagine being able to open up your account statements every year, and it's always a bigger number. There's never any unpleasant surprises like we've been seeing in the markets this year. Uh, so that's kickstartwithmark.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much, Mark. I really enjoyed the conversation.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Multifamily AP 360. Check out the show notes and grab the freebie on our website ushacapital.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Follow me on my social media. Thanks for tuning
1: in and I'll see you next time.